call upon his name. We love to hear our names called, do we not? Yesterday, my um, youngest son and his wife drove in the driveway. The doors popped open. Their two little daughters, my granddaughters, came running out of the van. One was screaming, go daddy, go daddy, go daddy. That's my name. I loved hearing it. She's five years old. The one and a half year old came running as best she could saying, dad, 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 dad. I loved that this morning when she woke up, she wanted dad, dad, dad. And I was like, sweetheart, she wants me. She put her little head up in about 20 minutes, put me way behind time. We love to hear our names. That's so much better than last week. Last week, I'm in the auditorium speaking, and I'm, I'm walking up the equivalent of this aisle over there, and I hear somebody on this section say, turn to his wife, and he goes, oh, great, Bob Jones is speaking this morning. <laughs> I was going, Bill Jones, Bill Jones, Bill Jones, Bill Jones. I didn't say anything. We love to hear our names. God loves to hear His name. And we're in the series, Calling Upon His Name. And so far, we've looked at three of His names. And what's interesting is His names tell us, He, he uses His names to help us understand who He is in a more intimate way. So, three weeks ago, we looked at the name. I, I wasn't here. I've been, I was out of town for two of the weeks, the first two weeks of the series. But the pastors taught on El Roy. And that's, that name in the Hebrew means the God who sees. He sees all of our needs, every single one of them. He knows where we are. He knows our situation. He knows the circumstances surrounding us. He sees. And then the next week, it was Jehovah Ra'ah. Jehovah Ra'ah. And that is, the God, that is the Lord, our shepherd. Not only does El Roy see, but Jehovah Ra'ah, He wants to meet our needs. He's our shepherd. He wants to care for us, protect us, provide us. Then last week, this is when I was next door, it's El Elyon. El Elyon God the Most High. El, God, Elion, Most High. Not only does He see, not only wants to take care of us, He is big enough to do something about our problems. El, Elion, it stresses His strength, His sovereignty, His supremacy. Now, by the way, you notice El, it's the, the, the name Elohim, and Jehovah, Something interesting, how many of you, this is men particularly, your name ends, your first name ends with an E-L? Anybody in here? Joel, Mike, raise your hand so I can see. Here, okay, several over here, one back there. How many of your names end with A-H? Like Isaiah, Jeremiah, Micah, how many Obadiahs do we have? The E-L at the end of your name is from Elohim, or El Elyon, or El Roy. It's the L. It's God. 
The A-H is from the end of Jehovah, the Lord. So, those that raise their hands, not only are you in God's house, not only are you a follower of God, but your very name is marked with God or the Lord. So, keep that in mind. He loves to hear His name. And this morning, the name that we're going to look at is Jehovah Rapha. Jehovah Rapha. Now, when anytime you see Jehovah in English in your Old Testaments and the New Testaments, it's probably not every translation, but most translations will capitalize all four letters, L-O-R-D, Lord. All four letters are capitalized. That's saying this, this name of God is Jehovah. So, Jehovah Rapha. What does this mean in the Hebrew? All right, let's break it down. Jehovah means the Lord. Rapha means the Lord who heals. He is our healer. So, just follow the series, call upon His name, the name of the God who sees all of our problems. Because He's our shepherd, He wants to care for all of our problems. Because He's El Elyon, He's powerful enough, more than powerful enough to take care of our problems. And oftentimes, the problems we feel most concerned about are where we're broken, hurting, diseased, or sick. So, this morning, we want to look at the name Jehovah Rapha. We want to call upon, at the end of this service, we're going to actually, literally take time and come to the front so we can call upon the Lord who heals and give Him an opportunity to touch us with the touch of healing. Well, where do we find this name in Scripture? Let me just point out one verse. This is Exodus chapter 15, at the end of the chapter, verse 26. Exodus chapter 15, verse 26. And God said, what He's going to say here in several words, two things. One, listen to me. And two, obey me. Now, the listen is pretty succinct, but He does this obey me in three different ways. Let's just follow along. And the Lord said, if you will give heed, earnest heed to the voice of the Lord your God, if you'll listen, and do what is right in His sight, give ear to His commandments, and keep His statutes, that's all saying the same thing, I will put none of these diseases on you which I've put on the Egyptians. Well, why is that? For I, and here He reveals who He is, I, the Lord, am your healer. I am Jehovah Rapha. Well, how does God heal us? He heals us in many ways. But the, most, the way we tend to focus on the most is He heals us physically. Now, the question is, does God really truly heal us physically today? I think there are many prayer meetings uh, that go on across our nation where where the church is praying for God to heal somebody. And if God actually did heal that person, I think everybody in the whole congregation would faint. They just don't believe God. But I was driving over this morning, I couldn't wait to talk to you, because I am living proof that God heals somebody physically. I grew up in a dysfunctional family. It was unchurched. Uh, it was non-Christian. Of grandparents, two parents, sister, three uncles, three aunts, seven cousins, myself, that's 21. 
five alcoholics. See, five alcoholics, two suicides, four immorality, messed up immorality, four mental health hospital. It was just one crystal meth addict. Just, it was just a terrible situation. So I wanted to leave that situation as much as I could. I knew there was something inside of me that was empty. I was seeking for God. But I got very involved in school. One of the ways I got involved in school was I got involved in sports. I was a wrestler. My senior year, I did real well. I won state. I got offers to different colleges to wrestle. And I, I didn't choose one of the great schools here in South Carolina because I was from Georgia. I was from Atlanta. I went to an ACC school in Atlanta. I'll let you guess which one. There's only one. <laughs> and so I was real excited about going there. And eight days after my last wrestling match, I gained, I said last serve, it was 23. It was actually 22 pounds. And it all went up here. It used to be up here. I, I, I need healing. I have the furniture disease. It's where your chest drops into your drawers. And so I, I have that disease. But anyway, I, I, I gained so much weight and I was real tight, but I love doing gymnastics. And so that eighth day, I did a dislocation on the high bar. And a dislocation is you take your feet and you go through your arms, holding onto the bar, and you throw your shoulders out of joint and you come back through. So you're holding the same way you started, except something's twisted up in there. But because I gained so much weight, when I went through, instead of dislocating, I ripped both rotator cuffs. It was very painful. So I went to the doctor, they were giving me uh, cortisone shots to help with the pain. Anyway, I go to college, and there were three students that were trying to share the good news of God's love and forgiveness with me. They knew I was searching for God. They wanted to help me cross over into a right relationship with God. I kept telling them, I'm getting close, I'm trying to be good, I'm trying to be good. But you know, we can't get there by being good enough, right? So one of the three, one weekend, took me to his home in Franklin, North Carolina, in the middle of nowhere. And it snowed that night, and so that's the, the cold made my shoulders hurt worse. And the next day at lunch, the father was sitting across the table from my friend Dave and me, and the father says, Bill, your shoulders hurt a lot, don't they? I said, yes, sir, they really do. He says, well, Bill, I know the doctor of doctors, and he can heal your shoulders if you'll let him. Well, you know, I don't know what in the world he's talking about. I went, oh, oh, yes, sir. He said, do you care if I pray for your shoulders? I went, no, sir, because the only prayer I knew of was I thought people were supposed to go to bed at night and pray, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. You remember that? He says, do you care if I pray for him? I said, no, sir. Well, he got up from the table, came around and put his hands on my shoulders and started praying for me out loud. I thought, I'm with a bunch of nuts. <laughs> I'm in the middle of the woods in North Carolina. Nobody will ever find me. Uh, as this is, uh, my, my life is headed nowhere very quickly. And he's praying up a storm. And I'm trying to think, think, Bill, think, think clearly, think. What can you tell him after he finishes praying so he won't pray again? That that was a kind gesture. 
thank you very much. But they still hurt like them. In the midst of his prayer, that fast, they quit hurting. And they've never hurt since. It so got my attention just a few weeks later, I gave my life to Christ. God's real. Jehovah Rapha is alive today, and He's real, and He desires for us to call upon His name, Jehovah Rapha. We had three doctors. When Debbie and I got married, we had three doctors tell us that we'd never have children. We prayed, God, would you heal us? December 5th, one year, our first child was born. December 6th, our second child was born. Different years. De <laughs> December 7th, the third child was born. We started saying, Debbie, how many times do we pray? I think God's going to answer every single prayer. The next year, the fourth child was born. Well, by the time that child was born, the oldest child was old enough, he was four years old, went to the dentist, they x-rayed his teeth and realized he didn't have permanent teeth buds. So when his baby teeth fell out, he would not have any more teeth coming behind them. Well, I could only think about when he got to junior high, how brutal the junior high kids would be to him. So I started praying, oh God, heal my little boy, please give him teeth. One day I was in Texas, one morning. I was speaking at a conference. I was kneeling beside my bed. I was praying, God, please heal my boy's teeth. And I can't explain it to you, but there was this confidence inside that God heard me and had answered that prayer. He heard me calling upon the name of Jehovah Rapha, and he answered the prayer. So I went to a payphone. Remember those? And I said, Deb, I want you to take David to the dentist tomorrow. I believe God has healed his teeth. Our boy has teeth. Now, my wife was a dental hygienist before we married. She says, sweetheart, if they don't have permanent teeth buds, they will never have permanent teeth. I said, sweetie, just for my sake, would you just take him to get x-rays? When I landed, she picked me up at the airport. She said, you will never guess. I said, no, he has teeth, doesn't he? She said, yes, he does. And teeth, you won't believe. I mean, his front teeth are about this long. <laughs> he has huge teeth. I'm so proud of him. He heals. And he just doesn't heal physically. He wants to heal us in many different ways. I told a story last week about a, a young 17-year-old named Scott Horn. Now, up on your screen, I want to combine emotionally and spiritually in a lot of other ways with this story about Scott. He got addicted to drugs, ran away from home, his godly mom and dad. They used to always sit on that side of our church godly mom and dad. He moved out of the house, moved in with the drug dealer. He was such a scumbag. Is that biblical? I mean, he was so bad, the drug dealer kicked him out of his house, out of the apartment. So he ended up living on the concrete floor of an abandoned warehouse. And I would take two college kids. We'd go visit him about every other week. 
And every time I'd come see him, he'd go, I hate you, Bill Jones. Leave me alone. Never come back. We'd wait a couple weeks, then we'd go back. Same response. But one night, he was drunk. He wasn't high, he was drunk. He was with another friend who was drunk. They were walking down the sidewalk at the bowling alley. The two college kids that would go with me were coming toward him. They weren't supposed to be having any fun because they're followers of Christ. But they're smiling. They're supposed to be having all the fun because they're drunk. And he looked at his friend, he looked miserable. So he says, I'll catch you later. He went up to the two college guys. He said, take me to Bill Jones's house. I want to give my life to Jesus. He had, he had two parents calling on Jehovah Rapha. Would you heal our son? Would you heal our relationship? Would you do a work, a touch of healing? So about 1130, there was on the window. Debbie jumps up, grabbed the fan. She was going around and around. I opened up the curtains because I was calm. I wasn't startled. I mean, I worked with college kids. I mean, it's just you never know when they're going to come to your house. Open up the curtain, then I got scared. It was Jeff White. Jeff has had a full beard since he was 11 years old. He looked like some kind of animal trying to get into my window. He said, Bill, Scott's drunk. He's out in the car. He wants to come to Christ. I'm like, seriously? I get dressed. I open up the door, walk down the little hill of my driveway, the only hill in Florida, and the Volkswagen door opens up, and big Scott, he's huge, he gets out of the car, runs up, grabs me, picks me up. He's hugging me like this. My legs are, you know, going like this. He's telling me, he says, I love you, Bill Jones. I love you so much. I looked at him and went, you are drunk. <laughs> I took him to my office, and I shared the good news, how he could cross over into a right relationship with God. I said, but I'm not going to let you do that tonight because you're drunk. I'll let you come back tomorrow, and then I'll let you come to Christ. Like I have a lot to do with it, right? So we got down on our knees. He got down on his hands and knees. And I prayed, dear Father God. And he screamed. For 45 minutes, he wailed. Just on and on and on. I personally believe God was doing a deep spiritual work of healing in his life, part of which was in terms of addictions. When he finished, he was a different person. I called his mother and father. They came to my office, a great reunion around 1 o'clock in the morning. He got his GED, went to some sorry school in Alabama, came... <laughs> Helped us with a little church plant in Atlanta, lived with us. His father passed away. I was the best man in his wedding. Graduated from CIU. He's a pastor in Georgia today. But that reunion that night in my office with his mother and father, he, he never again struggled with dependency or addiction. Now, did God heal him spiritually, demonically? Did God heal him physiologically, I know he healed them spiritually, I mean spiritually this way and relationally with his parents. He's Jehovah Rapha. Now, in just a moment, we're going to ask you to come and, 
and, and ask God, ask Jehovah Rapha to touch you, to heal you, to make you whole in, in whatever way you want to be healed. But understand, it's not magic. Understand, it's not saying we have no responsibilities. Now, last night or yesterday, my sweet daughter-in-law brought me this for doing all the work of taking care of those grandbabies. Um, Debbie does a little bit. She brought me this chocolate chip banana bread. Oh, unbelievable. Last night I ate half of it. It had to be 20,000 calories. Now, I didn't get up this morning and go, God, heal me of that extra weight that I put on last night. And then tonight, eat the other half. And tomorrow morning, go, God, heal me. I mean, you know, I have my part, right? So, well, but that doesn't mean we can't come to Him and say, oh, God, do your part. Do your part, God. I need your healing touch. I need you. I'm calling upon your name, Jehovah Rapha. Would you please heal me? So often, it's a lack of belief that God is real. We think He's academic, and we'll learn about Him. But He's more than that. He's real, and He wants us to experience Him. Experience Him. And to experience Him, we must call upon His name. And this morning, the name that He wants us to know is Jehovah Rapha. And this morning, He just might heal you immediately, like he did my shoulders. Or it might be gradually, perhaps, as he grew those teeth buds. But I do know this. Our God is the ultimate God of healing. And ultimately, one day, says in the book of Revelation, there'll be no crying, there'll be no sorrow, there'll be no pain. He will heal us. But today, in just a little bit, let's ask him, Jehovah Rapha, would you heal me? Heal my family. Heal my children. Would you heal them? Jehovah Rapha, today. Let's pray. Father God, you're real. I think your most favorite name of all is Father. Dad, dad, dad. God, you've manifested yourself to us as the God who heals, who sees everything, who desires to care for everything, who's big enough to take care of everything. And this morning, the God who can heal anything. Father, this morning, would you touch certain people with miraculous touches of healing? both in this sanctuary and in the one next door. Would you do that for your glory? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.